Hello, survivalists. This is The Crux, and I'm your host, Casey McIntosh, per the usual. And I'm joined by my sister. And favorite person, probably. (laughs) Tessa King. Please and thank you for leaving your review. I'm just giving you a thank you in, in advance notice for leaving a review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoy. So today I'm going to tell you about Yossi Ginsberg. He was an adventurous 21-year-old male who set off for the Amazon for an adventure of a lifetime. He took a chance to go to the jungle with a guide and two friends just before the start of the rain season when things took a turn in the wrong direction, a decision that would change his life forever. Yossi Ginsberg was born in April of 1959 in Ramat Gan, Israel, where he was raised. Interestingly, his parents were survivors of the Holocaust. When he was 19, he joined the Israeli Navy and he was stationed in the Red Sea. After finishing his required years in military service, he came across the book Papillon. So Papillon is a book that was written by Henry Charrier. Is it about a butterfly? It's not about a butterfly, no. Um, Henry Charrier wrote the book about his experience, and it's about his escape from a French penal colony of French Guiana after a false conviction of murder. Oh, Ted Bundy read this book when he was in jail. Oh. Just side note. How did that change his life? Uh, well, he, he escaped jail a couple times, so, so it did change out. his life. It worked out for him, sort of. And not for everyone else, unfortunately. Um, the butterfly thing became because he had a butterfly tattoo on his chest. Mm-hmm. The French Guiana is an overseas region slash department, a single territorial collectivity, which is a chartered subdivision of France that exercises the power of both a region and a department. It is on the northern Atlantic coast of South America and the Guianas. It is bordered by Brazil to the east and Suriname to the west. So Ginsburg had become very inspired by the book and on the path that had led the author to his freedom, so much so that he wrote the author about his own personal desire to follow the path of Charrier, the path that he had taken to escape. Um, as a side note, I have read this book and I actually really loved it. It's been one of my favorite books and Did I should it inspire I, you too. No, it didn't inspire me <laughs> in the ways that it inspired Ginsburg, but I did enjoy it though. It definitely changed the course of Yossi Ginsburg's life. Yossi. He stated in an article from the metronome, I wanted to be like the heroes of the books I read. That's why I wanted to go to the jungle. I wasn't interested in the adrenaline rush of danger. I was more interested in the romance. Mm. In order to turn his dream of traveling to South America and to the Amazon a reality, he had to toil for quite some time and he had a lot of jobs to collect enough money to travel. He had the travel bug and he had already experienced parts of Africa and Mexico. Sadly though, by the time he had enough money to make the trip, Charrier had already passed away. As a side note, Charrier had been given total liberty from his conviction in 1945 and remained in Venezuela for quite some time. And then he later to return to France and was pretty popular in France. He was a celebrity. Additionally, not only had Charrier passed away, 
Ginsburg had been interested in experiencing indigenous tribes of the Amazon, which, by the way, the Amazon is the world's largest tropical rainforest, covering some 5.5 million square kilometers. It's a large, large expanse. So anyway, Ginsburg had discovered that many of these indigenous tribes had integrated into quote-unquote civilized society. But despite these potential disappointments, Yossi had the drive and the desire to see Amazon firsthand. And he Yossi was, did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was highly motivated to travel and explore. Like he was just, he was just going to do it, you know? Nothing was holding him back. Yeah, that's cool. So Ginsburg traveled by himself from Venezuela to Colombia by ways, by means of hitchhiking. In Colombia, he met a travel companion by the name of Marcus Stam, who is a teacher from Switzerland, and they hit it off right away, becoming close friends. They actually met by chance in Colombia because Stam had missed a ferry boat that Ginsburg was on, and for some unknown reason, the captain turned around to pick Stam up. Ginsburg stated that, quote, Marcus was almost a saintly being. He was all heart, patient, kind and without discrimination. Once we got on a bus and someone snatched a camera off the shoulder of a French passenger. The guy was a bird watcher with a large expensive camera. He was in the bus choking on his tears. We did not know this guy yet Marcus gave his camera away to someone he barely knew. Stan was the one that talked Ginsburg into traveling to La Paz, Bolivia. In La Paz, Ginsburg met Carl Rupperter. Carl Rupperter was from Austria, who claimed to be a geologist. Claimed? An, yeah, he claimed. I'll, I'll give you more information about okay. that in a minute. In an article from Bertrand Leong, he stated, quote, I had this strange feeling that he was following me. He rushed over and started speaking to me. At first, I was not in the mood and tried to get rid of him, but I became transfixed by his stories of lost treasure and the Toromona tribe. He was the most consummate storyteller I have ever met. So talented was he that he related my own dream to me. Unchartered, indigenous, treasure. For a minute, everything disappeared from the streets of La Paz. Now the man walks down the street, and I find myself following and begging him to take him with me. Nobody was going to stand between me and my dream. I was going to say, it sounds like Indiana Jones right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Too, I was thinking when I heard about this part of the story that this is too good to be true. Right. And when things are too good to be true, they usually are. Right? Yeah, totally. Carl had similar interest and enthralled the young Ginsburg, who had similar dream of exploration. And especially this talk about searching for gold in an area of the Amazon, which was considered uncharted and unexplored territory. He was hoping on finding gold at the Takana village. I mean, Carl, Rupperter. Mm -hmm. This is the home of a remote indigenous community. Yossi Ginsburg joined Carl Rupperter along with his new friend, Marcus Stam, and young American traveler and photographer, Kevin Gale. None of these men, aside from Carl Rupperter, had any experience traveling in the jungle, and none of them really had any experience traveling with each other. The three of them had no idea what they were getting themselves into. 
They first traveled to Apollo La Paz by a small prop plane. Then they began their trek to the Tuichi River, where they discovered a village at the confluence of the Tuichi and Asariamas River, where some indigenous people live called Asariamas, which is pretty clever, right? Yeah. They were able to restock their supplies here. They continued on traveling up the Asariamas River and across mountains. They ended up getting too low on their supplies, and they went back to Asariamas. The group had pledged to stay together, but clashing personalities made this a difficulty. In an article for the metronome, Yasi stated, The environment was harsh. There were tensions. The food was basic. We shot and ate monkeys, among other things. I was cursing myself for my stupidity, and I wanted to go back, but I stuck on. How long have they been out together at this point? Mm, I don't have a sense that it was very many days. Maybe, you know, under five days. Mm -hmm. I don't know how prepared they really were. Especially if they're shooting and eating monkeys. Yeah. I can't imagine they would be very tasty. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Hard to say. I just don't hear people eating them, even as exotic dishes it seems like uh, the disease factor would be a good reason not to eat monkey but maybe that's part of it so i have some more quotes from ginsburg from the earlier stage of his journey in the air we could see the mountain ranges and rivers and knew which river to follow when you get closer to the water however the vegetation got denser you lose all sense of direction under the canopy you feel it the moment you leave civilization there's no trail No civilization, no airplanes, no telegraph line. Everything is erased. And all that was left was pure, raw nature. That was scary. Back to the topic of the monkey eating. Here's some more quotes. Carl raises the shotgun. And a spider monkey fell. The monkey screams. Carl uses the butt of his gun to strike the monkey on its head. Marcus cries. He pulls out the first aid kit, thinking he can save the monkey. But Carl takes the monkey, throws it around my back, and ties its hounds around my neck. Gradually, my whole shirt was drenched in blood. Carl burns the fur and cuts the pieces for us to eat. Marcus refuses. We got upset with him because he was the weakest among us. Marcus puts the flesh into his mouth and throws it up. Kevin runs after him scolds him for not being man enough and for putting himself in a situation he could not handle. I wasn't there to be Marcus's friend. It felt more fun to be with Kevin. Marcus was so needy. I wasn't there for him when he needed me most. When Marcus tried to talk to us, Kevin just got up and left. Marcus and I stayed alone. I told him that maybe Kevin was right, and I left him. Marcus cried. Kevin's eyes and mine were open, but we didn't get up to console Marcus. It was pitch dark under the canopy, no light, no stars, no moon. There in the darkness, I saw something even darker in my heart. In Marcus's beauty, I felt resentment. Now that he was not so beautiful, I felt my victory. I could hide my weakness behind his. He walks and screams behind us, and I live on in his weakness, pretending that I am strong. So they had to return to Asariamas because of lack of supplies and also Stam 
Marcus Stan was really weak because he was malnourished. And he was un- he was unwilling to eat. Well, and, and he was throwing up what he was eating. Mm-hmm. And also he had developed trench foot. I don't know if you've heard of this before, but it's a condition where the skin is immersed in water for so long mm-hmm. that it causes skin breakdown that can cause nerve damage, blood vessel and muscle damage. Oh, that it's, sounds horrible. It's very gnarly. Yeah, I think that came from, like, the trench foot came from World War One, right? It was pretty common. Mm-hmm. Yuck. Just having wet feet All for hours and hours and hours yeah. and hours. It's just unfathomable. When they returned to Asariyamas, the new plan was go down the Tuichi River on a raft to a gold quarry called Kuriplaya, and then to Rurinbach, and then to La Paz. The villagers actually helped them build a raft, and they set off down the river, four of them in a raft with all their supplies. They arrived at the confluence of the rivers Tuichi Ipurama, and this is where Ruperter told them about a canyon called the San Pedro Canyon that was not suitable for rafting due to rocks and rapids and waterfalls. But once you get going on this thing, there's no getting off the water. Mm-hmm. Well, at least he knew. Yeah, but Ruperter was not able to swim, and therefore he refuses raft travel. And I cannot figure out for the life of me why he even got on that raft to begin with. Because he knew he couldn't swim, and he knew that he couldn't continue to travel down the river all the way to their final destination. So I don't understand it. He's the only one that has any idea of how to get around in the jungle safely. Yeah, so he's arguably the most important person in their group. Yep, but he's not going to go down the river anymore. What ends up happening is the group had to part ways. Stam ultimately decided to travel out with Ruperter. And they had planned on going back to the Ipurama River, to the Ipurama village, and then going back to Apollo, which is where they flew into originally. There was arguing before that point that kind of led to the separation between Gale and Ruperter because Gale had some rafting experience and Ruperter wanted to be in control even though he didn't know how to read the river and couldn't swim. So lots of cla- like gnashing of teeth and disagreement under stress. Mm-hmm. So Gale and Ginsburg decided to break off, and they continued to travel onward and, and downward. <laughs> if you will. <laughs> They're going downstream. Um, they decided to reconvene in La Paz with the other travelers before Christmas. So that was kind of the plan. You guys are going this way. We're going this way. We're going to meet you when we're done with the trip. Are they still after this treasure, or is that just out the window? I think that's out the window, because at this point, it's really just, let's get out of here safely and alive. Mm -hmm. So as Ginsburg and Gale headed down the river, things were initially going okay. But then the raft headed towards a waterfall. What do you know? They were unloaded from the raft, which was, you can imagine, a primitive vessel. It was put together in the jungle. What tools did you really have? I just don't think it was really seaworthy. Gail was able to swim to shore, but unfortunately, Ginsburg was caught in the current and pulled down into the tormenting water. And this is like hardcore, crazy powerful water, and there's no getting out. Ginsburg said, Kevin proposed 
that he and I could carry on in the raft on our own. I was shocked, but I agreed. But later, we failed to control the raft as it rushed towards a giant waterfall. Kevin somehow managed to scramble towards the shore, but I fell into the waterfall. There were moments of great despair, but falling down the waterfall wasn't one of them. That was just like a roller coaster ride that lasted for more than 20 minutes. Can you imagine? Oh, I thought he was dead for sure when he said that he went under. 20 minutes. I mean, how? And nobody really knows how long he was in the water, but and it, it was, probably felt longer than it was. I'm but. sure. He said, I just kept my head above water. And though I was initially excited to be alive when I reached the shore, the feeling of despair soon gripped me again. This is when he really understood I'm super alone in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. When he made it to shore, he decided to go back upstream to find Gale. And he spent four days looking for him before he finally gave up. Luckily for Gale, he was rescued by local fishermen after being stranded for five days where he got out of the water. And that still sounds bad, being stranded for five days. Yeah, that's a long, long time. Yeah. I was thinking about Julianne Kopka because mm-hmm. remember she followed the river to find her way out. Yeah, I've been thinking about her this whole time because she was also in the Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gail was able to make it back to La Paz, which is just unbelievable. The fact that somebody found him and he was alive with no food. I mean, he had water, but no food for five days is pretty surprising. When he got there, he sought help from Austrian and Israeli consulates. He discovered that the tour guide Ruperter was actually a criminal wanted by Interpol, which is the international crime police organization for robbing a post office in Austria. Oh my gosh. Ginsburg was still alone in the jungle. He was there for three weeks with little to no supplies. Uh, One thing to keep in mind about this time of year is that December and January are the peak of the rain season in Bolivia. And our story takes place in December. It's 1981, if I didn't tell you that before. He survived, as we like to say in America, quote, by the skin of his teeth, end quote. Those are my own quotation marks. (laughs) (laughs) During the second week, there was a flood, and he sank into a bog twice, which is like quicksand. Yeah. He almost drowned. How does he not have trench boat right now? Oh, we're getting there. Okay, continue. (laughs) For five days following that flooding, he had no food. And he recounts his hunger by stating in an article by Armando Diaz, quote, I would have eaten human flesh. With hunger at that level, it's just energy. It's beyond disgust. Additionally, back to what you were mentioning, he had foot fungus. And he said that it was beginning to rot his foot. He also had worms that made a home under the skin of his forehead. What? That were wiggling all around in there. So there's that too. How did that happen? I'm not really sure. During the water scene of the movie, I guess all you guys will have to watch it, but he hit his head. And so I think there was a little bit of a wound there that they got Mm. into. Um, Too bad he didn't have some gasoline to pour on himself. I know. That'd be hard to do above your eyes. Yeah. So just think about this for a second. I want you to picture yourself being in the jungle 
So this canopy is so thick that when you look up, you can't even see the sky. That's how many, that's how many leaves there are in these trees. That's how dense it is. Mm-hmm. And you're hearing all these jungle sounds, and there's a bunch of predators out there, and you're getting rained on constantly, and you're trying to sleep in that. Just try to picture that, how terrifying that would be. It sounds miserable. Being in a place that's so isolated, I don't think that there's anything that would make you feel more alone than that, aside from maybe being in the middle of the desert. But you're not going to be eaten by a jaguar in the desert. Yeah. (laughs) You're not going to run out of water in the rainforest, though. That's true. So one of the nights out alone, Ginsburg came face to face with the jaguar. And he scared, he scared it off by lighting his mosquito repellent. And this was the technique that he had learned from James Bond. Useful information learned from, you know, James TV. Bond. Yeah. So, like, lighting it on fire, that's what you mean? Yeah. Ah. Mm-hmm. He sustained himself by eating bird eggs that were left in nests and eating berries. But I don't know that there was an abundance of either of those things. Yeah, and that's just a coin toss because he doesn't know anything about the environment he's in. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of things that are not really safe for humans in the jungle. Yeah, the eggs are probably okay, but when you're eating random berries in uh-huh. the jungle, I don't know. But I think if you're that hungry, you're willing it to toss matter. a coin on that one. Yeah. Ginsburg apparently had hallucinations of a woman every night, an indigenous woman. He actually really thought that this indigenous woman was there with him. Maybe it was the berries. It may, it <laughs> really may have been. You know, some of the fruit that falls to the jungle floor, it does, it can ferment. So mm-hmm. there's, you know, you never know. Yeah, and with little food in his stomach. Yeah, it's hard to say. But it's a cheap date. <laughs> <laughs> he had mentioned somewhere in some of the source material that I had that he felt like the hallucination actually kept him going because it almost gave him someone to take care of. He had like a spirit guide. It was like a spirit guide, but he had this feeling of needing to nurture another person Mm. and taking care of someone else took his attention away from feeling all of his physical pain and like the despair that came along with that. Mm -hmm. And also he wasn't feeling alone anymore. So then he was really, really having a hard time when he sees a tree that looks like it's moving. And when he looks closer, he realizes that it's covered in fire ants. Ooh. Ooh. These ants actually kind of saved him. Did he eat them? No. Okay. He, so ant bites can cause the release of hormones and steroids in a human body, giving, you know, extra endorphins. Probably it really wakes you up too, because it hurts like hell. (laughs) But he actually got up against the tree, and covered himself in these fire ants. This is his quote. I actually went and shook a tree and showered myself with them because my feet couldn't carry me anymore and I needed to stand. He says, I showered myself with fire ants. and the waves of pain, I managed to get up and keep on going. When he turned around to call on the woman, it became clear that she never existed. So maybe that, like, all those endorphins from post pain or something kind of woke him up. Yeah. It's like a really intense version of pinching yourself to stay away. <laughs> yeah. He was marked with wounds. His clothing was torn to shreds. 
This was day 19. He puts his head down on the river and expected to die. And that's when he heard the engine. And he went to the river and there was Gale. No way. Yeah. I know. Made for Hollywood right there, right? Gale had a brigade of indigenous people led by a guy named Tico Tudela. Tudela is actually his name and Tico is like his... Nickname? Yeah. They've been searching for him. They've been searching for three days, um, three weeks after he was declared missing. The locals were actually really surprised that he survived. They, they were saying to him, like, I don't think I would have made it out there that the locals long. locals are saying that? Yeah. Shoot. <laughs> he was kind of a celebrity yeah. when he came back. He required three months in the hospital. Probably between his feet and maybe digestive problems after. Yeah, I didn't find anything with any specifics. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about all the things that could be living in the water, and you're just drinking and eating what you can have. I mm-hmm. bet I bet he had some digestive sort of things going on. It's certainly highly likely. So Rupert and Stam were never seen again. I was wondering. I was wondering. So no one knows what happened to them. No. There were additional attempts to find them. No luck. Just this lingering mystery. Oh, I don't. I feel bad for uh, for Stam. I know he yeah. was a good guy. When Ginsburg came back from the jungle, he went to college at Tel Aviv University in Israel, and he studied Jewish philosophy and business administration. He also studied Kabbalah. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's an ancient Jewish tradition. And also has studied some ancient traditions and other cultures. He must not have had a terrible experience in the jungle because he he returned to the Amazon and stayed from 1992 to 1995 and lived with the indigenous people. This is just like every other story where the people go back. I know. I think he didn't really quite get the experience of the jungle that he had hoped to have, which was really integrating with the people mm-hmm. that lived there. That was what he wanted to do. And that probably was a smarter way to do it with the indigenous peoples instead of with some random self-proclaimed geologist. True. <laughs> He later started the Alma Libra Foundation, which is an opiate addiction service, and he's dabbled also in tech entrepreneuring, and also he's done a lot of speaking gigs and a lot of motivational speaking. I watched a video from National Speakers Bureau, and he was speaking about the need for people to stop competing with one another to be the best, and that we need all levels of skill and competence to make lasting and meaningful change in the world. It was really interesting. I thought it was just a different perspective. Um, We'll post the link so you guys can check it out for yourself. For yourselves. Whichever. Whichever. All right. And that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you have a wonderful week. Yeah. Stay alive until next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you.